Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon or good evening to you. It is the 8th of September. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in markets and business and startups. And uh, I'm Nadine Blaney here with Annette Beecher. Good afternoon, Annette. Good afternoon, indeed. Negative day. day for the local market. It's uh, despite being absolutely flat out all day, in terms of actual themes and company news, mm. it was a little thin on the ground. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, look, falling flat, S&P ASX 200 down by a quarter of 1% or 18 points to 7,512. Look, there was nothing spectacular happening right around the region today. There are some worries about slowing global growth. It was mostly a risk-off environment, and that was set in the U.S. And we've seen you know, safe havens like the U.S. dollar really starting to gain. So you know, looking to the European session, we've got... Uh, the ECB happening tomorrow. And so that is starting to sort of just, I think, build. We've got uh, futures, at least at the time of this uh, recording in London, down by close to four-tenths of 1%. I think it's probably not helped that, you know, the US came back from holiday and they just didn't have any conviction. And of course, we're a bit lazy here in Australia. Sometimes we uh, we don't get enough guidance from uh, the US markets. We tend to track sideways. Of course, we digested our own RBA yesterday and decided, well, that's tick that box and now we'll wait for Bank of Canada tonight <laughs> and we never talk about Bank of Canada but it just shows it's a bit of a slow news day in macro world yeah, well, when we're Bank looking of at that. Canada did taper <laughs> so you never know but they are evidence of some slowing. I mean the GDP read did surprise to the downside and, and sure very did. similar in a lot of ways to Australia with the housing prices going gangbusters. So it'll be interesting, I guess, the commentary this time tomorrow morning from the Bank of Canada, um, also on the inflation front as well. In terms of corporate news, you're right. Um, Let's not beat around the bush. I have seen more thrilling days in my time. (laughs) But we, we did have Macquarie before the bell giving a bit of an update. And it really led the gains today. It uh, said that its first half profit will nearly double as market conditions remain favorable. Uh, It just can't set a foot wrong. It is the bank that, you know, most analysts love to love. It's probably the closest to a US style bank, I guess, rather than just being pure retail. It is M&As and deals and all we talk about is IPOs and M&As, let's face it. So it certainly is uh, for an investment grade bank like Macquarie, this is absolutely the era for them. Mm -hmm. It was so interesting though. I mean... It's just the nature of news. The first headlines that came out were Macquarie Group sees first half result to be slightly down on the second half of yeah, 2021. I, I saw yeah. that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then shares started trading and it was up by 6% and everybody went back and revised <laughs> their headline from it because, yeah, maybe a slight slowing on the previous corresponding uh, or the last period of 21, but still looking very strong. And, uh, yeah, Macquarie was 
uh, one of the biggest movers in terms of index weight and percentage change up by close to 5% by the end of this session. Look elsewhere, it was a bit of a motley crew. We had Washington 8's show of Pats up by close to 6%. Technology 1 as well. Illumina making those gains again off the back of the price of aluminium and bauxite. And on the flip side, it was um, some companies that were trading ex-dividend today and uh, some in the gold space also got hit pretty hard. In the materials space, we saw St. Barbara, Northern Star, um, all contributing to the losses there. Yeah, at least yesterday we had a bit of a standout with the goldies. They were all up, but then, um, yeah, the iron ore miners are still being weighed down. Uh, yeah, and oil is still weighing on that mm-hmm. energy sector as well. So we just seem to be, I don't know, a bit of a, a vacuum of good news. Anything to do with commodities is just really? not having a great time at the moment. I had a really good conversation with Saul Kavanagh from Credit Suisse today. It's not in the show notes, but you should go over to the website or the app to check it out because we started talking about oil and he pointed out a few things that he thinks the market is missing, but then we transitioned to LNG. Now, there is something that is so important and fundamental to Australia that we actually don't talk about the price a lot because we assume that it's correlated with oil. Right now, there is a massive divergence happening. It's a secretive price is yeah. the problem. Uh, this has been an issue for quite some time since uh, in the olden days when we first started doing that LNG boom, which was worth $100 billion a year for four years. That was a massive mining boom. No one could give us a straight answer as to the pricing model. It's very opaque. I'm not quite sure why, particularly why we were looking into the price of LNG because we wanted to know how to tax it mm-hmm. and price it and where do the royalties come from because let's face it, that's what royalties are for in order to spread the wealth you know from coast to coast and it was just one of those sectors that just seemed to manage to dodge that bullet we never know really where the LNG price comes from Hmm, that's interesting I wonder if that's still the same okay well listen to the interview with Sol he explains why potentially we're seeing this massive divergence what it means and of course we're heading into the North American winter And we also chatted about consolidation in the smaller end of the oil and gas space in Australia, which he says now is a matter of survival for some of those companies. So there's an extra bonus if you have the time tonight to go over and listen to that on the website. Um, Elsewhere, I mean, you had a chat with Angus Geddes at Fat Profits about... um, Yeah, a couple of times now he's talking about the the impending correction, but he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's taken some money out of US tech Uh and sitting on cash. He's bought a bit of gold. He's got a couple of puts out there as well. So he's just ready for the correction. He's got some cash on hand and he's going to buy it back, which means any correction is going to be short-lived. But he's getting a little nervous. All this taper talk is gathering steam. Interest rates are not going to be this low forever. And as we know, we had that little taste in February, March. However, I'm panicked about growth and value and mm-hmm. tech. And uh, he just thinks there's a there's a looming issue coming up because we're in a vacuum of information until AGM season. Well, there you go. Uh, that interview is available. Also, a bit of a, a 101 on where the dividends will come from from here in the wake of that massive bonanza that was the reporting season just gone. So that's with Plato Investment Management. That's a accessible via the show notes as well. Now, Aussie Broadband, it came back online today. It has uh, done that share purchase plan at $10 million. I had a good conversation with Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor yesterday who said, Aussie broadband raising is the exact thing you want to see a company like that doing. It's investing and growing. Yes. Um, And so... 
Uh, with that in mind, we had Aussie Broadband as the stock of the day today. Koshi sat down with his expert guests, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Veitland from DP Wealth Advisory to find out what they think about the investability of Aussie Broadband today. They've had an almighty run. Good numbers, beats across the board, rolling out their fibre, doing very, very well. Good ads on TV as well with the guy holding the hose. That always helps. No real sort of surprise that we've seen the stock price go up as they've increased their marketing. And they come out really well with customer satisfaction. For me at the moment, I think there's a little more downside and it's opportunistic. The market loves this stock, but it's run really hard. Um, and I think it may have run a little bit too hard in the short term. But um, I think at some stage you'll get the chance to buy it at four bucks in more size than you'll get in the SPP. I'm actually a customer of uh, Aussie Broadband, so I can sort of speak to that. And yeah, um, services first class, not being paid to say, that's just true. Stocks like this, which have got such a great gain and it will be one of the first ones that get knocked out. So yeah. even though in a valuation sense, it makes sense. I would absolutely uh, be looking for that weakness as well. Uh, but it is a quality longer term that you would be absolutely buying on weakness. So that is Aussie Broadband. From our expert guests, the share price today up by 2.7% or roundabout there. Is it going in the portfolio? It's not. Yeah, maybe a bit surprising to some, but it's not. Maybe there you go. A, maybe on a pullback. We were just yeah. we were just having a chat that I personally love ABB. We've got <laughs> an endorsement. Teenage, we've we've got teenagers absolutely downloading, uploading everything else. My husband's, you know, in his man cave, and I'm, you know, <laughs> looking for news stories. It's never let us down. But anyway, they, that is an unpaid for advertisement for ABB. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm going to look for that uh, <laughs> that uh, objectivity in your interviews going forward, Annette. Um, listen, I think it would be remiss of us. You've written a really great little piece in the newsletter today, Annette, on uh, this executive census that came out from chief executive women. Just by coincidence, you ended up doing a number of interviews on that front today. I know you had a hard time deciding which one to actually flag, but you've brought personal experience into... Uh, this view in the newsletter. So tell us about it. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess we sort of know, particularly here at Ausbiz, how many interviews, 100 and something? 130 something through reporting season, Annette. I think we interviewed four yeah. female CEOs. Just a handful at the CEO level. So I guess we already know that females are underrepresented, but to see it in black and white in that survey today, there are six CEOs in the ASX top 300. I, you don't even need the math on that. That is absolutely appalling. And yes, I did have three interviews. I guess my, uh, not necessarily favourite, but the most hard hitting was was Diane Smith-Gander, sort of chair of ZIP and very proud to be there. She basically said, we have a cultural problem. We really need to look at having a female network. It's all about the male network. And then we went into a discussion Discussion, which is where my private you know, life comes into it because being based in Asia, we saw buy side from the Philippines, Thailand, you, know, you name it. It was just a given that senior women were running the show. Billions of dollars are running the show. And it's because more of an Asian cultural 
uh, acceptance of domestic help and home help and that's what gets women into the boardroom and keeps them there and so Diane and I were discussing you know we need is it a tax deductibility is it free childcare? but for all the lip service about helping women we need real policy changes to make it realistic even free childcare is like oh how do we afford that it's like getting senior women working will pay for that in spades Mm -hmm. yeah well I know you know I know and a lot of people I know have made some pretty tough decisions as Mm -hmm. to what they do with their lives and their careers whether it be the woman or the man because exactly the care part is so not just unaffordable but so difficult the way that it's set up right now so yeah here here to change but uh, I think that if anybody wants to listen to those interviews and just get the perspective on the reality of what's going on. I mean, the stat that really shocked me was just how few women are in line management position. Yes, that's because right. Because you don't just miraculously parachute into the CEO role. No. Uh, you you need work to your work way up. your way up. Obviously, yeah. it doesn't matter who you are. If you're an alien, that's yeah. the truth. And if they're not put in management positions, it's just impossible. And it frustrates me that in many times when you look at an org chart, which we do here at Ausbiz mm-hmm. before you interview someone, more often than not, the females are head of HR and not much else. Oh, yeah. Marketing. Mm. Uh, and I'm not talking, taking anything away from that. But no. um, yeah, that's where we'll leave that one. Uh, look, we do have a Fed speaker tonight, Williams. Do you think we're going to hear anything? It's, it's a tough one because I guess as uh, we have covered – ad nauseum but just worth highlighting how strong the wages element was in that non-farm payrolls report is it enough to stop the transitory talk mm-hmm. i would say analysts are pretty divided about we've got the fed meeting in about 10 days or so so this is before the blackout period you know do we get a, a roadmap for taper and i have to say it feels 50 50 do we get do we get a roadmap this soon well, Jolt's, ugh, the July Jolt's job report <laughs> is out tonight and it's expected to reflect pretty strong demand for labor. So that might help um, color the conversation. I've said it before. This used to be Janet Yellen's favorite read when she was chair of the Fed because, simply put, if somebody's confident enough to quit their job, mm-hmm. then things must be not too bad out there. Also get the Fed beige book. But yeah, FOMC member Williams discussing the economic outlook. So maybe we'll get some color Broad, around yeah. Yeah, Delta, how they see inflation. You know, yeah. I, I, Substantial progress is the phrase. Right. Everyone, all the machine learning and the bots will be looking for substantial progress. Pretty quiet day here on the eco front, Annette. Absolutely quiet and actually quiet for a little while, to be honest. There's nothing for the rest of the week that's worth highlighting. Corporate Australia better come to the party, I tell you. What I can <laughs> tell you is that uh, after the bell, we did have a bit of news from Endeavour group so it's released its sales they increased by 9.3 percent to 11.6 billion dollars so we'll be digesting that at least in the morning and uh checking out the share price reaction of course when trade gets underway at 10 but um in the meantime i hope you have a good night and happy thursday at 8:30. see you then <laughs> see you then When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.